The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning and welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Chip Bell. He's a customer loyalty expert, a keynote speaker, and the senior partner with the Chip Bell Group. He is the author or co-author of 20 best-selling books, and he's a consultant to several major corporations, and to name just a few, they're corporations like GE, Microsoft, Harley-Davidson, a few that you've heard of. He's been featured in or contributed to nearly all the national broadcast and print media outlets. And he's here today to talk with us about his newest book, The Nine and a Half Principles of Innovative Service. Welcome to the show today, Chip. Thank you, Kelly. It's an honor to be with you. Chip, I provided a brief introduction just a few minutes ago, but there's so much more to what you've done and the work that you're doing. And I was really hoping that you'd share a few more details with our listeners today before we launch into the principles in your new book. Can you do that for us? I'll be delighted to. I love talking about my work, and our organization works with companies around the world, helping them create the kind of customer experience that um, builds deep loyalty. We like to think of them as cult brands, those organizations that people tell stories about Mm -hmm. uh, in the way in which they advocate. Um, So it takes, obviously, the work that we do takes many forms from learning about what drives their customers' loyalty to figuring out why they've lost customers, doing forensics work around lost customers, to look at what they need to change to the kind of actions and behaviors on the part of leaders to the practices that the organization has uh, in how they deliver service. And that loyalty is so important today when we have so many choices that we can make. To be able to get that sort of an allegiance uh, from a customer, that's just priceless. And let's talk now about the books. I've mentioned that you've written 20 books, and your latest book is The Nine and a Half Principles of Innovative Service. What are some of the key messages that you deliver in that book? Well, I think the premise behind it is uh, is an important context, uh, and that is that um, we've always known we are supposed to exceed the customer's expectations. We sometimes call it providing value added. And, and if you think about it, it is really trying to take what the customer expects and adding more. Mm-hmm. The, problem with, the problem with that is it's a real temptation for the customer to then elevate their expectations. And if you can imagine... Where do you go? Sooner or later, you're going to run out of room, and, and, and it's not going to be cost-effective. Obviously, value-added has gotten expensive. So the, bre- the premise behind the book is to focus on what I call value-unique, not value-added, and that is creating the kind of ingenious, unexpected, creative, novel responses that are unlimited and don't necessarily elevate the customer's expectations. Give us a few examples of those, if you will. I'll be delighted to. Uh, you know, my wife has a new car, and she loves this new car, traded in her old car, got a new car, and a week after she had her new car, she turned on the radio for the first time and discovered they had programmed in her radio stations from her trade-in. Ah. 
So what do you think she talks about, the car or the radio? She talks about the radio, and she yeah. talks about wonderful people who program that for her. Exactly. And, Lord, I think what that car costs. <laughs> but it's all about the radio. And so, you know, one of the principles I talk about in the book is what I call the Cracker Jack principle. And it, in many ways, uh, provides some of the elements of uh, innovative service. If you remember, we love Cracker Jacks, not because it had great caramelized popcorn, which it did, not because it came in a really cool box, which it did, but it was that prize. And and we never knew. Yeah, absolutely. And and we all know the prize was probably worth a half a penny, maybe. (laughs) So it wasn't the economic value. It was the emotional value that kept us buying more popcorn, uh, Cracker Jack's popcorn. And so that principle, I think, is is, is a sort of an important one across the anything that we do. Customers value it when it's not only unexpected, but it's also simple, like, uh, you know, uh, the programming the radio stations. That didn't cost much. That didn't take much time, but it's that kind of little extra things that any organization can do in how they um, delight their customers. Right, and so many people tell us or give us advice that we need to look at the big picture, which we do, but that old adage that the devil is in the details is so true because sometimes it's the simplest things, and if you overlook those or you neglect them, then it doesn't matter what the big picture is. You've lost your customer, and you're you're just so right about that Cracker Jack principle, though, because I remember as a kid losing half of the popcorn, shaking it out, and I didn't care. I wanted the prize, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a great example of how important that emotional connection is to the customers. Right. Now, something else you said when you started talking about um, this your, your overriding principle, and that is that customer expectations keep rising and rising and rising until they become so expensive. And sometimes you're not the one that is creating the expectation. And sometimes your direct competitor is not the one that is creating the expectations. It could be somebody in a completely different industry who has come up with a better way to manage their website and make the customer buying experience better on that website and that's what your customer even though that was a completely different industry that's still what your customer is now measuring the buying experience on your website by so we have to in a in the world that we live in now the technology related and global world we have to think about what experiences our customers are having outside of what ourselves or our competitors are offering you're absolutely right you know when i buy a product or get an outcome I only compare that product or outcome to those others in the organization in, in that industry. You know, I buy a car, you know, a product. I, I, I buy maybe a Lexus. You know, I compare it to Infinity. Uh, I don't compare it to Disney. I don't go to Disney to buy cars. But when it comes to the experience, as you just said, then the whole world's my competition because yes. everybody creates experiences. And so those wonderful experiences we get in one industry gets transferred and generalized to every other organization. Okay, now I am curious about one thing, the title of your book. What's that nine and a half about? Some people would probably expect that you'd want to say a perfect ten, but you say nine and a half. What's that all about? Well, part of it is the intrigue to get people to read the book. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> because, you know, it, it's sort of ho-hum. We, we've read books that, that have the ten steps to uh, or the seven habits of uh, and so those numbers are kind of familiar, and we all sort of – but when you have one that goes uh, a half, ah, I need to find out about that. So 
it is designed to be sort of a surprise that comes at the end of the book. Another Cracker Jack. Okay, so so you are a customer loyalty expert, different from customer service. This just isn't another customer service book. But still, any of us who are in business, we're very much aware that there isn't any shortage of books, of workshops, videos, you name it, that is available on customer service. Uh, Even so, a lot of businesses, and I can name a bunch of them that I've interacted with in the last week, still just don't seem to get it uh, just to provide satisfactory service, much less the exceptional customer service. Why do you think that is? Well, I think too many organizations focus on the quarter-to-quarter, you know, taking care of their stockholders and investors. And obviously, uh, when we like to think about customer experience, whatever it takes to create that experience, it's an investment. And it's a kind of investment that might not have what we might cause, call a cause and effect. Uh, you know, I can pretty much assure you and guarantee you, you drink a bottle of arsenic, you're going to die. That's cause and effect. <laughs> you know, but, but customer service is, you, you can't say that uh, with absolute similar certainty that if I create a great experience, then, uh, then I'm going to have a bottom line impact because we know many, many things impact the bottom line other than the experience we create for customers. We know it's a strong correlation. We do know that there is a a definite relationship between the two, but today a lot of leaders won't prove. Um, I'm not going to invest in it until you show me cause and effect that if I can invest X amount of dollars in this, I'm going to get X amount of return. And, and, you know, when we're talking about emotional connection, we're talking about relationships, you know, all of those are the softer side of the business. Uh, They don't have quite the quantitative capacity that perhaps adding a new building or adding another branch or whatever might uh, provide. So I think that's one of the challenges is that 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 short-term view. And that's why you're seeing more and more organizations say, you know, I'm going to buy my company back and we'll take it off the public exchange so yeah. I, can, I can control my destiny and I can focus on the long haul without the pressure of that investor who wants a short-term return. Right. And and you're so right. Right now, especially coming out of the recession and during the recession, we were hearing so much about you have to have those immediate returns. And some of these things can be quantified. There's a lot that can't, like you mentioned, but some of them can be, but it just takes time. It does. And, and just not willing to, to make that kind of investment. And the thing is, is if you make it and you take it away, you will see the effects immediately, I think. Oh, absolutely. Create a promise you don't keep, and, uh, and it, it comes back to haunt us in a big way. Right. The, other th- the other thing I think happens sometimes as organizations get tighter and tighter margins, one of the tendencies of a lot of leaders is to focus more on, more, more on control. And so instead of letting go and empowering and giving people more uh, trust, uh, trusting them more to make decisions on behalf of the customer, they tend to create more rules uh, more steps, more procedures, more restrictions, um, which they can control. And obviously, uh, we need to provide some guidance and some boundaries to, you know, we don't want cr- crazy behavior and haphazard, uh, irresponsible actions on the part of the front line. But nevertheless, um, the more we focus on that command and control, the less likely we're going to create a culture that delivers a great experience for the customer. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because there are some CEOs or some business owners, when they do allow that kind of um, relationship where you can, where frontline employees can offer ideas, sometimes even the employee 
meets that with some skepticism, I guess we could say. And an example of that is uh, just last week I was moderating a panel, and the CEO, a guy who'd spent 22 years at General Mills, and he, he then was the CEO of a very large national um, bakery corporation, and then he went out to start his own. He said that when he was a CEO of that, that bakery company that he actually went out with the truck drivers. And they would stay, it was a one-seat truck, so they would stack the, the carts up so that he could sit in the bread carts. And he said the drivers were very skeptical of why he was riding along, didn't trust the fact that they, he really wanted to hear what they had to say and what their ideas were. So it's interesting, I think, you're absolutely right that you need to engage those frontline employees, but when an, a CEO or a business owner offers it, sometimes there's some head scratching and is, is this for real kind of attitude that goes on among the employees. That's a great point. A trust comes hard and sometimes it takes, it takes time, it takes uh, practice, it takes being there um, for people to say, well, that's the CEO, he's out here all the time, that's no different than normal. You know, mm -hmm. when we think about um, uh, Southwest Airlines, it gets great marks for the kind of service they provide. Um, you know, it was not unusual to see Herb Kelleher out on the tarmac at a busy season like Thanksgiving or Christmas helping loading luggage. Um, now, wow. Gary, Gary Kelly, uh, who's the current CEO, um, has the same practice. And so when you see him out there all the time and the word gets around that they're out there all the time, then it becomes not a big deal, and then they know they're out there not with ulterior motives but with a, a way to learn and get firsthand information about what's happening on the front line. Um, so I think it does take time and, and to help build that trust. Give us some examples of companies that you think are doing it right. Uh, Hotel Monaco is one of my favorite examples. Um, I think they're, they're a spectacular growth and great performance. They're a part of the Kempton Group. Um, is is a great example of the application of uh, innovative service. Um, they target the business traveler, um, people like you and I who are road warriors on the road every week. And, you know, over time we, we get kind of bored with the same old uh, Mer uh, Sheridan, Hilton, Hyatt, uh, Marriott. They all sort of feel the same uh, after time. And so they, they looked at how can we create a unique experience that uh, it surprises the customer. And, and, and I love stay. I always stay at a hotel Monaco when I'm in a city where they're located. You know, in a, in a in, you know, we don't you don't get the traditional white bathrobe in the closet. It's a leopard or a zebra skin print. <laughs> you know, you, you you don't get the proverbial mint on your pillow. It's always a surprise as to what you're going to get. It might be a foreign coin or a flower or a yo-yo or, or any number of things. But it's that element of intrigue. And one of the things I like most about it is. You know, uh, when you check in, they, they're a pet-friendly hotel, um, although I've never heard a dog bark any time I've stayed there. They, but, but it's a pet-friendly hotel, and you walk in, and, and they say, did you bring a pet? No, no, I didn't bring a pet. Would you like a pet? Oh, and, my oh, gosh. my gosh, what would you have in mind? Well, we can arrange to have a goldfish uh, put in your room. The housekeeper will take care of it. Uh, all we ask is that you give it a name. Um, and so I, you know, named uh, my a goldfish, when I was at the Hotel Monaco in, in Chicago, I named mine Trixie. Um, and it was nice to have a beautiful basketball-sized goldfish on your desk with a live uh, goldfish in it. And so Trixie got to stay with me. Of course, the next time I showed up at the hotel, the front desk person said, you know, in this kind of special voice, uh, you want Trixie to come up and spend the night with you again? 
you know. And so they added an element of fun uh, right. to it that, that creates that, that people who get kind of bored on the road all the time go, wow, this is different, this is unique. And so I, I, they would be one that, I, that immediately comes to mind is mm-hmm. applying those principles in a way that is refreshing and new and novel. And, and I think that part of that accounts for their spectacular success. Yes, and and it's that surprise element again, that Cracker Jack surprise element, and it delights you. As you were talking about some of the things that they do, I've never stayed at one, but I found myself becoming delighted at at some (laughs) of the things that you were describing, and and how cool is that? So I'll have to to check them out. So I need you to hold that thought. When we get back, I want to talk about how small businesses can achieve these levels of customer loyalty and the the surprise element that they can bring to their customers. We've been talking a lot about large corporations, but I want to bring it down to the smaller businesses. We'll take a quick break and hear some words from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Are you growing incrementally or exponentially this year? Your future depends on continuously improving your skills, enhancing your knowledge, and applying those improvements and enhancements at work. What a difference a year makes. Consider the Executive MBA program at Benedictine College, Kansas City's only one-year Executive MBA program. Find out more by logging on to benedictine.edu slash EMBA to get started. What's the difference? Really. As a residential real estate investor, you should know the difference in real estate insurance. Here's the difference. Real estate investors require a unique insurance solution and National Real Estate Insurance Group is the leader in real estate risk management solutions. Our insurance program is offered as an exclusive member benefit of PRIMA, the Professional Real Estate Investors and Managers Alliance. We serve real estate investors, REO companies, lenders, landlords, property managers, and rehabbers. Advantages that differentiate National Real Estate Insurance Group include coverage and benefits specifically designed for your business, coverage for property that is vacant, rented, or being renovated, and monthly billing of your inventory. See how National Real Estate Insurance Group can make a difference for you. Go to nreinsurance.com, that's nreinsurance.com, or call 888-741-8454, 888-741-8454. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're talking here this morning with Chip Bell, a customer loyalty expert who's just written a brand new book called The Nine and a Half Principles of Innovative Service. And in that book, he's talking about ways that we don't have to keep ratcheting up the value add to the point of, you know, we outprice ourselves or we become, those value adds become so expensive that there's no profit margin left, that sometimes it's the smallest or littler things that we forget about that keep those loyal customers, that keep delighting them, keep them coming back. So, Chip, we've been talking about larger corporations. You mentioned a hotel chain. You've mentioned some others. Most of our audience today is small business. How can small business owners achieve these things? And actually, are small businesses at an advantage or a disadvantage when it comes to this? Oh, I think, Kelly, they're definitely at an advantage. And I think they're an advantage because they are smaller and because they can be more nimble. Um, they can be more, much more personalized in the way in which they deliver great service. I'll give you an example. Um, 
the uh, Oconee Wine Cellar is uh, where I buy my adult beverages. And uh, Matt, who who owns the place and runs the place, it's a it's a sole proprietor. It's not a chain. It's just one single store, you know. But uh, this year he he sent me a birthday card. Now. You know, I thought that was pretty neat because he checks my card most every time I'm in there. So it's not hard for him to know my birthday when he sees my driver's license and has my home address on it. So it wasn't hard for him to figure it out. But I thought that was pretty unique. Walmart couldn't do that. You know, if they're serving hundreds of thousands of customers every week, sending a customer a birthday card would be impossible. But I think a a small business can provide that kind of uh, unique experience. And so I think they're definitely at an advantage when it comes to innovative service. And so whenever you talk about some of the things that small businesses can do, how how do you find this out as a small business owner? For example, do you just imagine what what a customer might want? Uh, Do you recommend talking to them? Uh, Because, of course, there's that element of surprise. That's why I'm asking the question. If you want them to be delighted and you want them to be surprised, that whole Cracker Jack effect, how do you know you're not wasting your time, energy, money with these these value add well they're not value adds, these right. unique propositions if you don't talk to them. I, I'm finding it a little bit difficult to reconcile there. Sure. I think the one thing is um where you get the ideas is obviously from the front line. Um, they're mm-hmm. there. They're serving the customer every day. And if you uh, involve them and seek their ideas, they are often can amaze you at how much um, they know and the way in which they, particularly if they see uh, that you uh, try out some of the ideas that you have. Um, in terms of what do I do to test it, you know, you don't have to test it with everybody you got. You don't have to test True. it with all the customers. You can take a pilot and say, well, let's let's try this on a Wednesday night if I'm a restaurant, or let's try this uh until nine o'clock, if uh, if I'm a dry cleaner, and see what happens, and see what kind of reaction we get. So you can pilot it. You can you don't have to bet the farm on whether it's going to work or not. You can take a small chunk. But the other thing you can do, I think, is um, you know you can ask customers. You know what would what would what would surprise you? What would be something that we could do that would be out of the ordinary that you would value? Um, and and you get a lot of cool ideas from customers that then may not be that big a surprise to the one who gave you the idea, but it certainly would be a great surprise to all the others that got to experience it. Um, so I think it's looking to the, the, the ingenuity of the customer and the ingenuity of the front line uh, to provide these. Because keep in mind, the ones that work, the ones that make the difference, are the ones that are simple. And so uh, it's, you're not betting a lot uh, because you're already choosing one that appropriately fits your organization at the same time as something uh, that's they're very simple and, and easy to do. I mean, if you get if you get complex, it's not going to work. It's going to be hard to implement. And if you get expensive, then the customer is going to worry about what they're what is costing them. Um, you know, you can't you can't pull out Dom Perignon and red carpet when you're when you're delivering surprise. Yes, that's true. Now, and I like your idea of piloting it. A lot of times we think that we just have to roll something out whole hog, and actually we don't. We we can try it out. We can test it and see if it's working or not. So uh, with this technology age that we live in, you talk about a lot about the frontline c- customers, but with the age of technology, so many interactions 
you don't even know who you're dealing with. You, you die. I mean, it's as simple as dialing a phone number sometimes, and and you never talk to a person. You, you sometimes the message right. isn't even by a person; it's by some kind of a, a robotic sounding recording. Um, and then much less when you get on the internet and you're trying to do transactions. So, what are your tips for our listeners who do a lot of online trans, uh, later, not translate transactions? How right. what are you, Advice you give them. That, that's a great. That's a great question because we as customers all love self-service because we love its its convenience, its accessibility, the, the yes. fact that it's around the clock. What we don't like is what happens when it doesn't work. And when it's <laughs> when it doesn't work, you know, you feel a little bit like you're stuck in an elevator with no cell phone, um, or you're in some remote area at a vending machine and and it keeps your dollar and doesn't give you soda. Um, mm-hmm. Who who are you going to call? And so I think it's incumbent on organizations as they have more self-service to remember that we need to balance the high touch with the high tech. I need to find a, an escape route. I need to find a way to easy, easy way to a person. Um, I think ultimately providing that uh, human interaction, if needed, uh, is critical if we're going to provide a technological delivery system. Um, if you go, one of my favorite examples, obviously, is Zappos. You know, it's almost like they want you to call them. And if you on every page of their website, you know, please call if you want to chat. We've got live chat. We've got, you can call us and we'll have people who are here to answer the phone. And it's staffing to make sure that you supplement that great uh, uh, ease and access of self-service with a human being. So I think that's, that's a critical aspect to it today. Yeah, that chat is, is a great example. In fact, I was going to offer it if you if you didn't, because the first time I encountered that on a website a few years ago, that you know we have live chat available if you need to troubleshoot or run into any problems. And I'm thinking, yeah, 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 it'll take them ten minutes just to even know that I've sent a message. And sure enough, when I sent the message, the response was rapid, and it, it's amazing sometimes through that chat how great a customer service that you can get. Absolutely, because you want to make sure that the folks who are on the business end of that chat bring their personality into that interaction. Um, we, we, we don't mind uh, the fact that it's, it, I'm typing in my response and seeing a type, a type uh, answer. As long as I feel like it's not a computer doing this, this is a real person who has a personality and, and, and can ha- bring a sense of joy and fun to the way in which they interact. Yes, and you know what the the icing on the cake or maybe the Cracker Jack surprise was? I thought the Cracker Jack surprise, to use your term, was the chat being available. But what it really was is once I placed my order, they had my email address. They emailed me back to find out whether or not the chat session had been helpful and if there was anything they could do to improve it. And I thought, wow. That's that is really that's extraordinary. So you've been offering a lot of solid advice today, and if you could take all of it and boil it down to one thing that our listeners could do to positively change their business, if there's just one thing that they could implement right away, what would it be? Talk to your front line. Uh, here again, I mentioned it earlier, but I think that's the most overlooked area of uh, expertise that we have in the organization is we sometimes to rec- fail to recognize you know, who talks to the customer every day, ear-to-ear, face-to-face, or click-to-click, uh, is the is the front line. And I need to empower them, resource them, support them, and listen to them. Um, and often that can make the most dramatic uh, change in our business, whether it's a large organization or a small business. Yeah, listen to your staff. They've got a lot of great ideas. Where can we get the nine-and-a-half principles of innovative service? I know we've just covered the basics here. 
Greatly. All the information about it is on my website, chipbell.com. But if you want to order the book, particularly if you're interested in buying hundreds of thousands of copies, um, I would recommend simpletruths.com. They publish the book, simpletruths, one word, simpletruths.com. Um, and they can provide probably the most deeply discounted uh, version of the book you could get. Okay, for all of you who are going to buy a couple hundred thousand of those books, simpletruth.com. Otherwise, go to chipbell, C-H-I-P-B-E-L.com, and you can get a copy there. Chip, it's been wonderful having you on the show today. Really appreciate your time and your insights. My pleasure, Kelly. Always fun to be with you. Thank you so much. And if you'd like to learn how to grow your business, please visit us at www.ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at IThinkBigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.